So. 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 Um. I. I had to return all of my canisters of carbon dioxide. Mm. Is this for um, like one of those uh, soda streams? Yeah, I have a so- I have a soda stream. Mm. And the reason I got a soda stream is because I drink a lot of seltzer water, a lot of fizzy water. I do too. And- I've been thinking about getting one of those, but uh, I'm curious well, to hear your experience. Yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing. I calculated the cost mm. of how much I was paying for the cans. The soda stream company there well and then i calculated against what a soda stream would cost plus the so what you do is it's like a little all it is is basically like a little cheap mechanism that you put a bottle on and it pushes the co2 Mm -hmm. into the water to carbonate it and Mm -hmm. you have these like co2 canisters and the thing is that uh they uh, can you hear the vacuuming (laughs) no i can't Someone decided to vacuum directly outside my door. Mm, um, well, at least the, it's going to be clean. <laughs> the CO2. Ex- you, you basically you get these CO2 cartridges and once you use them, you can exchange them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're like heavy duty, like a, like a pro- propane exchange. Yeah, but- <laughs> kind of that. <laughs> and when you look up on the SodaStream website, it shows you like all the local stores where you can exchange them and how much it's going to cost. And it's really a negligible amount because CO2 is pretty cheap. Um, mm. Once you buy the cancer, the cancer kind of costs like 30 bucks, but then like, well, you know, I mean, we're cranking out CO2 all the time. So yeah, I'd hope it's pretty time. cheap. Yeah. So we certainly have it in abundance. It, <laughs> so um, wait, is that the, what's in there? CO2 now I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm globally warming my gut. <laughs> uh, I think you'll be all right. <laughs> um, this is what we're going to This is how we fix global warming is we sequester all the carbon into CO2 uh, capsules. Well, into our bodies. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> I'm just Well, I guess ultimately we burp it back out. So that doesn't work. Never mind. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry, I'm wrong. I've done it bad. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um. So anyhow, the thing is that once they get you, so I've I calculated out and I've realized that the cost. Oh, are you locked in? Monumentally cheaper, but yeah, now I'm locked in because it's so convenient to just make infinite seltzer water at my house. But here's the thing that they don't tell you they lie about how easy it is to get an exchange. Now this mm. might just be because I live in a more suburban slash rural. Like I live in a town. that's like a commuter community. Right. So like, There's not a, uh, like a whole foods, you know, or we don't have, like whole food. A, right. We don't have a whole comma foods. We don't have, um, plum market. You know, we don't have any cool, fancy things like that. But they say on their website, like this, your literal, this target, this Walmart, they'll all do it. But here's the thing. If you call them up and you're like, okay, I want to do an exchange. They're like, oh, what? You know, with CO2, they're like, what? Yeah. Uh, so 
basically it's impossible to get them locally. And so you can do, there is an option for them to send a gas boy out to do the gas exchange <laughs> and the gas, gas boy, boy, gas boy, you, you leave, you leave the gas on gas your, boy. <laughs> you leave the gas on your like front porch or whatever, you know, like outside your door and they mm-hmm. come during the day, like a delivery guy and they, they put their gas that's filled up down and they take the, Oh, is, is this their gas exchange service? Yes. But the I, thing I put is, my zip code in and I am not in their service area. Oh, weird. So like I am, huh? Weird. Which seems yeah, maybe it's because they know that I can't do it at the store. Maybe you can do it at the store. I don't know. But this, I've never, I don't. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyhow, it costs, it costs a lot more to do it that way because you have to pay the gas boy mm-hmm. and you have to put, pay the gas in the delivery vehicle for the gas boy. Ironically, Right. So like, so, I guess you could, can you just buy the cylinders or is that even well, more I mean, expensive? I mean, you do own the cylinders. Like, I can buy the cylinders, but... You would be buying a spare cylinder. Yeah, well, and then I don't have any gas. I need the gas. Like, the gas is the thing, man. Well, but no, but you could... uh, What I'm saying is you could buy a spare pre-filled one. But then you would have an empty that you can't do anything with. Right, right. Well, and that's why I do the exchange. So, like, I try to keep myself in perpetual gas knowledge so that i always have gas on hand but the problem is the problem is that i will literally forget to um to exchange them until i've accumulated like um i just realized yesterday i own nine cylinders because (laughs) Mm. because what happens is you do it in exchange and the gas boy comes and he's all, I don't see any gas, but I guess I'll just leave these ones and charge them for the full price instead of the exchange price. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so now this is that my thing. To me twice. <laughs> like I'm looking into this. And so, um, like there are plenty of places that I could buy a soda stream and I can buy cylinders, but what, what am I meant to do? I don't Once think I can de- take them into the store and be like, how refill, please. With well, that's cylinders. that's actually what they say you're supposed to be able to do. Like, and and supposedly at places that are more populous than where I live, they have enough soda stream customers that the people at the store are like familiar with, oh yes, we have we have a big gas can in the back. Oh yes, you know, it's very and nice. We'll, we'll fill it up. We we know the process for this. Yeah. So like what's that fancy store where you do your knife things at? Uh Oh, sur le table? No, maybe it's not that place. But it's a place that you said it was like that. You know, it's like a like a culinary, like a kitchen. Williams Sonoma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, they're on the they're on the uh, they're on the store locator here. Your your Sonoma's Williams. They right. there's also they, Bed Bath and Beyond. So yeah, so apparently, like those Staples places, has cylinders. Apparently, that's. Well, and so what you need to realize is that they also advertise these places will sell you the cylinders. Right, but you can actually buy them, but they won't refill them. Yeah, and they're not exactly cheap cylinders. Although it seems like they last a pretty long time, from what I'm looking. Mine, I get, I, I do a big fizz, so I do a, I do like a double. So what (laughs) you do is you push it, you push (laughs) it down, and it's got three lights. It goes bink, Mm. bink. 
and you know, you like when you get to the big one, you're like, Oh, better let go. Or it's going to, the water's going to fizz up back into the valve and, you know, go all over the place. Right. But I do it by sound. So I don't even look at that. I know that there's going to be a click that happens. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a, which model have you? I, Oh gosh, I don't even know anymore. It's, um, it's not like a super fancy one. Is it the fizzy or is it the source? It's, it's this. Let me look up. I'm um, going on to my, my Amazon. I got a lot of, ex- it seems like orders. there's like sort of passive options, but there's also like, act, you know, like, um, powered. Mine is, is passive. It's not, it's not. Okay. Probably the fizzy then. And they've got one here that makes a um, sparkling water into a glass bottle because that's necessary. Because that's important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you don't you don't want your chemicals. Right. Let's that. talk about something important. People say chemicals. Chemicals. The chemicals in plastic. Everything's chemicals. Yeah, everything. <laughs> your like chemicals. Wait. Toxic wait, chemicals. I, your you are chemicals. Dang. I have the the Soda Stream Source Sparkling Water Maker Carbonator Not Included White. Okay. The it's it's yeah I didn't the I didn't want the black one because it it everything in the kitchen that's black it's uh, See, I might have dirty. to get it fine because I went with fine. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the um source is has been uh a lately discontinued. Oh okay. So. Well, um, yeah, the well the cost on this the... one's pretty good. It's uh 69.99. Oh, nice. Yeah. As I'm on so... the Bed Bath and Beyond uh internet uh website and uh they're showing me that none of these are available for in-store pickup, so Hmm. I, uh... <laughs> I mean, I just I don't get know. everything I... Yeah. Hmm. I'm interested to try this because I drink a lot of fizzy water. I usually have a can of fizzy water. For lunch, it's nice you know, to I take not a deal can with to the, lunch. The cans. Well, but would I be able to convey it to lunch with me? Is my question. The bottle. You can just bring the bottle. Well, but it's a big old bottle. Um, you can. Yeah, that's true. You can get. I'm sure, I could. I don't figure. know. You can always pour it you know, into something else. It. Yeah, but I'm worried that then it would lose the fizz. Um, in my experience, if you pour it into another container and cap it real quick, mm. it's not a problem. Mm. Okay. You, you've got you've got a little bit of wiggle room there. Well, anyway, the story is now I have like I'm swimming in cylinders. Right. And they're just empty and they're heavy and they clank. And so I I did oh, uh, okay. I did an okay. order to do uh, you know, for soda stream said, look, I want to exchange all of these because I got all these empties, fill them all up. And then I'll just try to manage it better and I'll be more responsible instead of just going to the store and buying a full one. I'll keep doing the exchange and it cost me a hundred dollars because hmm. I have like eight cylinders. Yeah. So I found here they actually have soda stream carbonating bottles that are half half liter. So that's a standard water bottle size. Oh, so that's good. I could do that. <clears throat> And then just yeah. take one of those, toss it in the lunchbox, you know. Yeah. That's a good... I mean... I'll have to look into this because I bet that I spend a lot on cans of, 
you know, sparkling water. Which yeah, you just got to make be... sure you can get the other stuff. Yeah, I'll have to investigate. I'm making a to-do item. Investigate soda stream. Now, the whole reason we're talking about this is because you brought up uh, earlier before we started recording a little uh, there was like a little bit of a fiasco. There was. Um, uh, there's this uh, company called the uh, uh, where is it? Where'd I put it? Where's Le, the show notes? The Lacroix. Le, Lacroix. See. Uh, it's the, it's, it's the, uh, the National Beverage Company, um, which is a company that makes national beverages. Um, no, they make Lacroix, um, which. LaCroix has been around since 1981. Jeez. It looks like it's been around since 1981. If you look at the cans, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, you know, um, people are drinking sparkling water now cause it's better for you than soda. Cause soda is bad. Um, but so national beverage company owns LaCroix. Their CEO is this guy named Nick Caparella. He's a billionaire and he's 83 years old. Um, and I think he may be, <laughs> getting up there because um, they released their third quarter earnings report which included a nearly 40% decrease in profit and he has attributed um, the earnings results to injustice the results were, were unjust the, the cause was um, it was it, yeah it was the result of injustice he says managing a brand is not so different from caring for someone who becomes handicapped Brands do not see or hear, so at the, they are at the mercy of their owners or care providers who must preserve the dignity and special character that the brand exemplifies. Come uh, on, man! Uh, yeah, I don't... There's also a great thing here that says, there, there's no greater passion than the kind that creates the wonderful refreshment and contentment described as unique. No doubt, the sound and personality of the word LaCroix, coupled with the awesome experience of its essence and taste, is unique. One can be induced to purchase by cheapening price or giving away a product, but falling in love with a feeling of joy is the result of contentment. Just ask any LaCroix consumer, would you trade away that la-la feeling? No way, they shout. We just love our LaCroix. I am positive they respond this way each and every time. (laughs) (laughs) So do you want to know the, uh, like, turns (laughs) Do you want to know the turns out from this? Oh. Yeah, I can't imagine what it is. What mm. after this press release was published, shares of National Beverage Corp dropped sixteen percent. Uh oh, not great, not great, not not great, pals. So, um, this is just a note for any of you who happen to be CEOs. Um, please remember that press releases are not fan fiction, and to keep those two things separate. Why are people why why are why CEOs should be they should not like they should be illegal. <laughs> I don't know how you have a corporate board without one, but I'm starting to think that they should be illegal. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm starting to think that CEOs might be bad guys. <laughs> I'm starting to believe they may not have the interests of all of us normal people at heart. <laughs> Quite Speaking of normal people, do you like that transition? <laughs> sure. Uh, the main thing that we wanted to talk about today, so, so we've spent the first 
part of this episode um identifying ourselves as solidly elitist because right we buy- we're, we're we're left coast or or you know we're coastal elites we we drink the coastal fizzy elites. water we drink fizzy water but now we're gonna get real with you put that coffee down we're gonna talk about um blue collar workers so something something that's a constant source of irritation to me uh is is this uh notion of like uh you know the real the real workers the real american workers kind of uh in what sense in the sense that sort of blue collar work is like true work and like knowledge work is somehow yeah. not you know as yeah. noble yeah, it drives me nuts. Like, like it, yeah, you're only really doing worthwhile work if you're working with your hands and you're like banging, you know, iron, banging screwdrivers. <laughs> I don't know what those people drivers a chisel. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what, what those those people do. You only have you only you're only worthy of respect if you you're only worthy of respect if you destroy your body for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, like. Um, there's just so much to talk about here. Uh, the that it's kind of crazy, but but um, what do you think? You know, so do you think that there's something behind that? Do you think there's a turns out as to why that sort of attitude gets encouraged? I think so because because I, I have think, a reckon. I think it's a I think it's a way to divide people. Um along cultural norms yeah well i think it's um, it's all about class right because this yeah this idea that you know oh you're not doing real work unless you're working with your hands or whatever you got a blue collar job blue collar jobs tend not to pay well um which is beneficial to business owners and the people who have to make payroll so if they tell us all that actually the good jobs are the ones that pay the least you know and that, everyone that's knows- my reckon and everyone knows deep down inside that that's not necessarily true. So, like, I also think there, that it's a way. Sorry, I have another thought. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I I just don't want to be misunderstood by saying that I think uh, blue collar workers are trash and they're no blue mag- collar workers do great work. Like, yeah, they I do think- lots of work that I don't want to do, and for that, I'm great. <laughs> I, I'm very thankful. I think we like severely undervalue I, that work and, like, and i think they get exploited. to a huge extent and they're yeah. yeah and they're exploited and and i think there is tremendous value to manual labor and to skilled labor like i i i really think that janitors it's to me it's obscene that you can be someone who works like as a maintenance person you know for like eight to 10 hours a day, basically breaking your body and mm. you don't have enough money to like live. That's yeah. And, and I think this is version two of my reckon. I, I think that, um, you know, saying that blue collar work is noble is basically a way to, um, you know, it's, it's a way to keep, blue collar workers from asking for more, you know, asking for better wages or better conditions by saying, Oh, but you're doing the good work and you should be proud of yourself. 
because you know all the people working in office jobs they're not doing the good work you're doing the real work you're the real americans and it's a way of saying why can't you just be content with what you have because you're doing the good work you know it's like a pat on the head like good job good job it's the same that's the same thing that, that they do that i've noticed with since i work in education it's the same kind of nonsense that they throw at teachers that people treat treat teaching as if it's right a yeah it's like oh calling isn't that a reward in and of itself like um being able to live is a yeah like it's i like, should oh, be you're, compensated for you're, the work that i building do. up the next generation and that's so noble and uh that's that's your bonus for this year is that good feeling <laughs> take that home with you yeah the and, and, and the thing about it is back. the thing about it is is that the people who work in those fields they they literally feel that way like that's why in a lot of cases yeah. that's why people go it's, into teaching or it's not as if you tell that to a teacher and some teacher's like huh good point oh i never thought i, I thought that of that <laughs> <laughs> like i mean I, there are for sure some people who are teachers who just went into it because they're like well i don't know what else to do i have the certifications and the degree you know yeah. what i mean it's easy to but i don't i don't lateral over the majority of you know i know because because teaching, most of those people would quit it. They would quit right. because yeah, once exactly. they see how hard it is, they'd be like, this is not worth it. And yeah, they leave. it's not a cakewalk. <laughs> and that, sure. I think, in a lot of ways is a little bit of a difference between teaching kind of things and and, and like blue collar, like manual labor kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of those people, even though they do feel that the, the, this kind of work is valued and they have like an ethic around it. I think also they don't have other options in a lot of in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're in Virginia, what's the option? <laughs> it's like West Virginia, you're sorry, West Virginia, like you know, you live in the in the right. holler, you're going to you're going to be a coal miner or you're going to, you know, Right, you don't starve. have a whole lot of good choices for, yeah. So, so I don't know, like yeah, but that whole it it to me i'm suspicious because it seems like a a myth and it seems like a idea that is placed upon that class it's not an idea that the class is perpetuating itself does that make sense mhm mm so yeah. i don't know I, I the other thing that i wanted to talk about is this uh the, the thing that they that they uh <laughs> well, let's talk about like reasons not to pursue blue collar career. Cause like mm -hmm. there's this idea of a skills gap, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, there's, there's these, all these jobs are in such high demand and we just can't find the people to do it. And the, the, um, unspoken, uh, assumption there, like what they're trying to insinuate is that like, Oh, well people are just too lazy and don't want to do these jobs. Or people are too right, stupid right. to realize how good a job they are. I don't think that's true. I think most people realize that when you have a like a th that kind of job, you don't have any labor rights. You mm -hmm. have like a real, um, you're gonna like damage your body. Like you are mortgaging your body. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, and and there's a. The really good encapsulation of this is probably the sweat pledge from the Mike from Mike Rose Foundation, the Micro Foundation. That guy. I 
hate that guy. It's if the, you, so ev- this was covered. Like half the people listening to this are like, Mike Rowe, he's great. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he is not. Okay. <laughs> and this was covered in a lot more detail on an episode of Citations Needed, but um, I want to bring it up because there's, there's been some follow-up. But the, So the sweat pledge, um, I'm going to read through it here real fast. I believe that I've won the greatest lottery of all time. I am alive. I walk the earth. I live in America. Above all things, I am grateful. Okay, that's pledge one. Pledge two, I believe that I am entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Nothing more. I also understand that happiness and the pursuit of happiness are not the same thing. Oh, oh. Knowledge. (laughs) Pledge three, I believe there is no such thing as a bad job. I believe that all jobs are opportunities, and it's up to me to make the best of them. Fatality. I feel like there are bad jobs. I feel like accepting that that's true is a normal way to think. Coal mining is a bad job. Like, yeah. Yeah. If your job kills you, it's inherently very dangerous and harmful. Yeah. Pledge four I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. I believe any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. So that's basically saying um, give up on your dreams. Yeah, or like you need to you need to like completely um surrender all of your own desires and passions to the boss. To the boss. Yes. I'm Pledge your family five. now. <laughs> Pledge 5. I deplore debt and do all I can to avoid it. I would rather live in a tent and eat beans than borrow money to pay for a lifestyle I can't afford. Uh, wh- <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that one. (laughs) First of all, I don't want to be in a tent when I, when when you're just consuming a diet of beans. Yeah. That sounds like there's there's real dignity in being homeless. (laughs) Not that we're suggesting that people run out and get payday loans, but like, there's no shame in asking for help. Unless you listen to the, the micro work sweat pledge. Pledge six, I believe that safety is my responsibility. I understand that being in compliance does not necessarily mean I'm out of danger. I don't understand that because safety is also the responsibility of... (laughs) Safety is also the responsibility of your employer and like the place that you're working and all that. Certainly, obviously, you can't just waltz in and be expect to be safe. But, you know, I I feel like that absolves... Yeah, I feel like that absolves anyone higher up of any sort of liability, right? That one sort of gives away the game. Mm -hmm. That one tells you all the rest. You're like, okay, these are kind of like motivational, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But like this one gives away the game that this is this is written by the the boss. Like this is written right by the person who's like, and uh, uh, oh, and if you get injured, it's not my fault. You're, you're gonna love pledge seven are you ready oh i'm sure i will i believe the best way to distinguish myself at work is to show up early stay late and cheerfully volunteer for every crappy task there is why are you the way that you are <laughs> that's what i would ask micro why <sighs> why are you the pledge way eight i believe the most annoying sounds in the world are whining and complaining i will never make them if i am unhappy in my work i will either find a new job or find a way to be happy which kind of this is the thing though like for a lot of people they can't find a new job and they can't find a new way to be happy so yeah there's this there's this like weird idea that like 
like, like there's just thousands of available jobs and you can just float between them, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and until you find your fit, you know, like it's not, it's not anybody else's fault, but yours, if you, but like that's ignores reality. Like we don't own infinite, uh, you know, we don't all have private jets that we can just fly around to different places and, I don't know. Like we all, we have ties that keep us in certain places. A lot of us, we have, you might be in poverty and you can't just like pick up and move. You can't just, Oh, you know, I'll quit here and go without pay for, you know, several weeks while I look for something else. Right. Like if you work at the only factory, you know, in the area, what, what are you supposed to do? You can't. You're just supposed to let, Everything be subsumed by right. by your job. Pledge number nine. I believe that my education is my responsibility and absolutely critical to my success. I'm resolved to learn as much as I can from whatever source is available to me. I will never stop learning and understand that library cards are free. So that one was fine until the library card bit. I'm a little confused <laughs> about that. I don't... Okay. Anyway, that's all uh, nine pledges of the sweat pledge. Sweat, by the way, stands for skill and work ethic aren't taboo, which like, yeah, th- no one said. Yeah, who's were. who said who, who's like, oh, my gosh, have you seen yeah. that guy's work? ethic? Um, would you like you to own stop. the sweat pledge? Because it can be yours for just twelve dollars. A hundred dollars if you want to personalize it. Also, I, I posted the I pasted the link into our chat. Um, if you are on the sweat page page and you scroll down towards the bottom, it says a special thanks to the Charles Koch Foundation and Coke Industries. Well, <laughs> special thanks. I'm surprised they not didn't, just a normal thanks. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't hide that more effectively. Because now I'm like, well, obviously. <laughs> Oh, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of those guys. Yeah, but I I hope it's obvious from us reading just how ridiculous, you know, the 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 subtext is basically. So Yeah, it's just and like this was, surrender everything to us. Yeah, and, and this was picked apart by the citations needed folks uh I think a what a couple months ago. But there's been a development. Ooh. Um What's that? On Micro's website, someone has written him and says that they find parts of the sweat pledge, pledge problematic. Says, Mr. Rowe, I like what you do for the trades, but there are times when I feel like you're on the side of the employer more so than the employee. I find part of your sweat pledge problematic. I've also heard that you're anti-union, which surprises me. Care to comment? And uh, on this rather poorly designed website, um, such that I can't properly read the text, um, <laughs> he replies to this and says... Um, you know, MicroWorks has no dog in the hunt between a labor union um, and big business. We're a PR campaign for opportunities that have fallen out of favor, which is interesting, and also a scholarship fund. And then he has, um, here's an example of an applicant who applied a few years ago and received my enthusiastic assistance. And there's this video of this guy um, who I guess got a scholarship to go to um, the Universal Technical Institute, or UTI, which, first of all, mm-hmm. very unfortunate <laughs> acronym. <laughs> Secondly, this is one of those for-profit trade colleges. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just looking on their Wikipedia page, um, and it was noted in 2012 that the 
Compared to public colleges offering the same programs, the price of tuition is significantly higher at UTI. The same certificate costs almost 20 times more at UTI than it does at a public college. <laughs> um, this is a place that basically teaches you to be like an automotive tech or like a motorcycle or marine tech, you know, yeah. like work for a dealership. But um, I thought this was interesting because this Mike Rowe um, article or, or, you know, his response mm-hmm. um, it was basically you know, like tooting his horn about how he did something that like the public education system right. does for free mm-hmm. <laughs> or cheap. And then it says, you know, basically he never actually address, addressed the question. And he says, <laughs> sure, I take money from conservatives who run large companies and corporations. I also take money from Democrats and private individuals, <laughs> which uh, there's no way to. Anyway, he never actually addressed the question. Yeah. Um, but this this particular thing was clearly made to be reshared because it was then reshared and repackaged by Steven Crowder on his website. Um, which oh, is even funnier. You should click through to this um, because this is even more um, ridiculous. A fan asked a question on Facebook about Mr. Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe, allegedly being anti-union. The quote unquote fan was polite and Rowe was his usual polite self back. And then, you know, they've got the thing and they, of course, they repost the video. And then the last two paragraphs are politics don't need to be interjected into everything, least of all working for a living. Mike Rowe doesn't think so. (laughs) You know, and then and then at, and then the next paragraph is the problem is leftists. And I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. I thought politics didn't need to be interjected into everything. The problem but is left does, instead of encouraging you to work hard, want to convince you that you're a victim while demonizing the people who provide a salary and means to support yourself. Saddle up because this is going to be the siren song of the left in 2020. This is it, it's just come on, man. I, it's kind of hilarious. Um, I just don't understand people whose worldview is so full to the brim with contempt for like ordinary people like they think everybody is a lazy piece of crap who if you could just cajole them into working harder everything would be great yeah it, it's very and much to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps it's like come on why aren't you pulling pull harder come on why aren't you let's go you're not doing it hard enough <laughs> meanwhile you're sitting there like you could help you could <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, anyway that I've, I've now derailed onto steven crowder's website and he seems to be one of these people who is has lately become obsessed with alexandria ocasio-cortez which yeah, is to say that most of the stories on his website involve her in some way and they also photoshop pictures of her uh to make her look worse which is that's just cool and normal. Odd. That's like a yeah. real, that's a real that's normal extremely thing. Extremely normal thing to do. Then the other thing I did is I went to his Twitter um, and oh, gosh. Uh, look at, look at, look at his uh, cover. I don't know, in the shirt I don't know if I want to deep dive. <laughs> no, I'm just, I just want to point this out. Why? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Are you offended? Are you triggered? Yeah, so he's wearing a love, shirt that uses an anti-gay the, slur. Uh, socialism is for uh, the uh, a uh, slur against gay people, but what I think is hilarious is that he's censored it. So right. he's like, yeah. put in asterisks for the the vowel. It's like they know, like they they know, <laughs> like like no, but to him, it's more offensive. Like right. Well, I w- I wouldn't be caught dead actually putting the whole word on there. 
Right. Well, then why are you? What? <laughs> this, yeah. There's just so much incongruity. I don't understand. It's it's it, yeah. And his he seems his like a fun dude. Just, yeah, I'm sure he's he a great seems guy. Really fun. <laughs> he's like he's like so. way big into neon. Everything is like neon signs. Yeah, it is very neon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, his website and his show is called Louder with Crowder, which is appropriate because he basically screams at the viewer the entire time. Well, that's fun. I, yeah. You know what? I like being screamed at. Right. That's I think everybody I, does. When I come home from a hard day's work at the uh, the coal mines, uh, you know, I'm where I'm like yelled at. I want to come home and just. Why is everyone? His whole timeline is pictures. Of uh, his mug with yeah, different the mug club. substances in it. Yeah, it's the mug, this mug is, club. Um, That's how you. This is real fun. Yeah. Just a you can just, get a you can get a mug club subscription, um, which is only ninety nine dollars a year, sixty nine dollars if you're a troop or a first responder. People watch this stuff. That's funny. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stop scrolling because I'm yeah. like losing more and more. The, the fun thing is that his tweets on his website, there's like a sidebar that includes his tweets, but it doesn't include like the quote tweets if he's quoting another tweet. So it's just completely devoid of context. <laughs> and it Which just seems actually silly. is. Uh, it's kind of better. Yeah, that's that's kind of modern, modern debate, modern dialogue is just like completely contextless yeah and like people like there's one doing their it just says their... it just says you sure about that and there's nothing <laughs> whoa <laughs> he went and did it yeah so the skills gap right <laughs> it doesn't exist it doesn't exist that's the thing that's the thing when you dig down into this whole hullabaloo the yeah. whole idea that there's this gap between we don't have enough skilled labor in mm. this country that's why we that's also this is provides a great excuse for the ceos who we've already established should be illegal that right. that gives them a great excuse to ship all of our jobs overseas and to do it it you know without any sort of like justification you know that they can just like well we just don't have the skilled labor mm-hmm. nobody here wants to do these jobs well, they don't want to do them. The reason you have to send them somewhere else is because, like, you want to do them in ways that would be illegal here because it, like, kills people. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have factories here that have to have suicide nets surrounding them. Yeah. But which, I just which, want to. Honestly, just, that's our fault. You know what? We should <laughs> our really. Our bad. <laughs> our bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to read the headline of this Washington Post article, which is. The skills gap is fixed because there was no skills gap. We did it. Folks, we did, we did it. it. We fixed the skills gap. <laughs> we, we did it. Hey, we did it. Right. So, so I, hmm. I don't have anything. I'm, I mean, I'm just so mad. I don't have anything else to say other than other than. No, that's it. That's I'm sorry. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> Everyone's like, did the podcast break? What yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was like, did he disconnect? <laughs> I mentally. Mm. 
I did probably. Yeah. I just think I just think it's a shame because like I see people people buying into this ideology and yeah and it like disempowers them. There's a lot of people like, that buy into this thing of, you know, uh, you know, uh, the 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 character of hard work or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, and then they're stuck. You know, in oh, the people should go back job. to school. They should go to these expensive for-profit trade schools and learn a trade or whatever. And and but I there's don't. a there's a reason people the reason that they're that the, people know that if you go to this is the thing that drives me nuts. Is education overpriced? Yes. Is is the cost of it incredible? Yes. Are student loans? freaking debilitating yes is um throwing out your back and becoming addicted to opiates because that's the only way you can continue to earn a living while you are injured bad also yes so like i mean i guess pick whichever one you prefer i mean at least student debt isn't gonna kill you probably i mean it might but <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah just like people people know that getting an education is a good idea and that's why they don't they mostly want their kids to go to school and get an education mm -hmm. <laughs> because they know that that is one of the only ways that they can claw their way uh upward so i, I right. don't know like everyone understands that like yeah what like, how many honestly the best way to you know achieve social mobility at this point is to get an education which is why it's so obnoxious and annoying that it is so expensive to do there is kind of an yeah. entrance price to it basically you're just you're like basically paying an entrance fee into the middle yeah. class welcome to the middle class uh your dues are yeah and now you owe us forever for 30 years <laughs> Now you're indebted to us and we can control you that way. So, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> this has been a real fun. Um, you want to switch gears to something else that's also extremely depressing? <laughs> do I? Mm, do you? <laughs> what is it? Now uh, you piqued my curiosity. It's an op-ed from the Boston Globe. $50 could have saved him, but his GoFundMe pitch didn't get the clicks. Um, so this is um, an op-ed by Luke O'Neill in the Boston Globe, um, and he talks about Shane Patrick Boyle, um, who uh, moved from... Um, Houston and he moved he was in Houston he moved to Arkansas to care for his ailing mother and in the process lost an arrangement he had with his local clinic at home in Texas to get the medication he needed to live at cost so he set up a GoFundMe um, and uh, it languished just short of its $750 goal by $50 for weeks um, and a few days later he died from complications of type 1 diabetes um, but the good news oh. is that the GoFundMe that was set up for both him and his mother, because his mother eventually passed away as well, um, did get funded. <laughs> That's, so it's okay. Oh the God. system works, folks. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, that's so is, sad. So this is, um, you know, uh, in this op-ed, Luke talks about, um, you know, the how much pharmaceutical CEOs get paid. Um, the CEO of Eli Lilly makes $16 million a year. The CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan makes $19.2 million, up from $13.4 million last year. Um, which is more than Kyrie Irving, a basketball player, makes. Um, well, it makes sense that they make that much money because they went into those lucrative trades. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Exactly. Wait, no, what? That's not what they did. They went to probably elite educational yeah, institutions, yeah. and <laughs> says Shane Patrick Boyle of Houston didn't get the final fifty dollars he needed to live, but the memorial page set up for him and his mother after their deaths ended up raising five thousand one hundred and fifty dollars of the five thousand dollar goal. Which is great news until you remember the fact that they died. They are dead. (laughs) The fact that they were able to raise so much more money in death than in life is the defining reality of our current ad hoc crowdfunding insurance system. The circumstances of deaths are particularly grim and newsworthy and therefore captured enough attention to get people to pony up. Um, And so this is basically talking about our broken healthcare system and how people basically, um, you know, have to raise money to pay for not dying. Um, And there's another um, anecdote here about Hedda Elizabeth Britt, a 60-year-old Michigan woman um, who's waiting for a heart transplant. It's a position she is exceptionally fortunate to be in, relatively speaking, because the committee at Spectrum Health Richard DeVos Heart and Lung Transplant Clinic originally told her she would not be placed on the waiting list because she was too poor to save. She was denied due to needing more secure financial plan for immunosuppressive medication coverage, they told her in a letter, saying they recommended a fundraising effort of at least $10,000. Um, uh, so, of course, she managed to crowdfund that money because when you post about Facebook, post to Facebook about these things, people get mad because, uh, you know, makes people don't bad. like seeing the hospital say the quiet part loud. <laughs> hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's just basically this op-ed points out the complete ridiculousness of this system that we have. Uh, I mean, the real a study problem in 2009 is... found that 45,000 deaths a year are associated with lack of health insurance. So, and medical uh, debt is the most common reason people are contacted by debt collectors. Well, here's the thing. Hmm. I feel like I would have something to say about that. But just recently, I have taken a pledge that I believe the most annoying sounds in the world are whining and complaining, and I will never make them. And if uh, I'm okay. happy, uh, then, you know, I just find a new job or just find a new way to be happy. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. I, mean, I guess we can't. There's nothing we can do. I've made There's it. literally our hands are tied. There's literally yeah. nothing we can do. All, well, we, he all we can about, do is just pledge to sweat. Right. And then he quotes from the CEO of GoFundMe, who says, I would love nothing more than for medical to not be a category on GoFundMe. The reality, though, is that access to healthcare is connected to the ability to pay for it. If you can't do that, people die and people suffer. There has to be a renaissance, a dramatic change in public policy and how the government focus on, focuses on this and how the healthcare companies solve this. And then he says, ah, but how will we pay for it? You might be thinking, here's the answer to that. I do not care. <laughs> take it from the ceos is that fair i do not care the current way the current system works is that when someone gets sick some of us band together to chip in a few bucks through a third-party platform so that some of the rest of us can get better and live but what if and hear me out here because this is wild all of us chipped in a little bit to ensure that everyone could get the help they need 
What would you call that? Hmm. I would so call that it talks about, radical. Right. It talks about, so uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington um, introduced a medical, Medicare for All bill last week and basically brushed aside questions of how it would be paid for. Um, and he points out that no one ever asked the question when it comes to the military budget, which I think is a good point. Whenever you talk about social programs, people go, oh, how are we going to pay for it? But when you propose building like 20 new giant carriers, people are like, well, that sounds good to me. Well, you know, that's the troops. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't just not not give no, all can't. the money to the troops. Yeah, I mean, the troops what do you hate the trillion troops? dollar fighter planes. Do you, do you, why? Do you hate? Do you, why? Do you hate? <laughs> I don't know why I hit that one. And I, I was going for a different one, but, you know. You've made an error. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's so plainly obvious to me, and I think to lots of people, an increasing number of people, that this is a ridiculous system. Um, it's it, healthcare living should not be pay to play. Here's what and we you need. shouldn't die because you were fifty dollars short to oh buy my some education. Oh my gosh! Okay, my brain. Can you hear it? My mm. brain. My brain is. Oh my gosh! Okay, it's happening. Here's what we need. Here's what we need. A sweat pledge for not letting people die. Dude. <laughs> Guess we can close the file on that one. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to better day by day and i think i'm gonna make it but for now i'll say i have no idea what i'm doing i have no idea what i'm doing